Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by my trusted colleague, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And, Wes, the Packers' seven-game winning streak, unfortunately, came to an end on Sunday in Kansas City, a very frustrating 13-7 loss. As we watch Jordan Love's first NFL start at quarterback, and while it didn't go well and he didn't really look and feel comfortable and get into any kind of a rhythm until the fourth quarter, this game was still there for the taking thanks to the Packers' defense, which had an outstanding performance against Patrick Mahomes. It's definitely one of the top five defensive performances I've seen on the beat. Uh, I mean, just what they were able to do in terms of dictating the tempo – And it's actually really interesting, Mike. If you take away that opening series, the 15-play, 64-yard drive where they actually scored the touchdown with the pass to Kelsey in the end zone, really Kansas City did nothing. I mean, they they were able to get the two field goals, but even that, it was kind of off of – turnovers and weird yeah the one things. the one was a turnover the other one was was one down the field play to Kelsey yeah. that set up a long field goal a 55 yarder that was all they got offensively after the opening touchdown drive and remarkably I mean they finished this game with like 18 and a half defensive players available even though you know Dean Lowry was still there they had him on a rep count it was remarkable what they did defensively unfortunately for Green Bay offensively they were kind of having their own issues uh, like Kansas City was working through and, and, and you could just tell, despite not having Aaron Rodgers, you know, having these multitude of players that were unavailable, not getting David Bakhtiari back for this game quite yet, you still felt like Matt LaFleur in his post-game press conference and the 23-minute news conference he did on Monday, you could sense in his voice he, he definitely felt like they let – this was one that was winnable that kind of got away from him. Yeah. Now, yep. at the same time, the message I keep saying over and over again was – they did have a lot against them. They did have a seven-game winning streak. The NFC North is what the NFC North is right now. The Packers really, you don't hear a lot of dejection in their voices because I think they look at this as basically the worst-case scenario where you lost Rodgers. If they can get him back this upcoming week, there's a lot of things that have to get figured out between now and Saturday. But defensively, the type of showing that they had in Kansas City, I think that shows that this Green Bay Packers team can play with anybody. Yeah, absolutely. The Packers feel really good about where their defense is right now. And, of course, everyone is wondering, okay, if you do get Jair Alexander back at some point, if you do get Zadarius Smith back at some point, then just how strong will this defense be for the stretch run? And and we'll talk about this a little more later in the show, but the Packers are in great position in in the NFC North, obviously. A a three-and-a-half game lead over the Vikings. This was a frustrating one to let get away, though. And I, I know Matt LaFleur, I, I wrote about it as well. He, he really felt he let his quarterback down in terms of all the heat he was taking on third down with the blitzes and everything from the Kansas City Chiefs. And whether it was the play calls, the protection calls, everything, Matt LaFleur just felt he didn't have the answers for Jordan Love to be able to respond and to succeed in those situations but I'll throw this in as well because you know everybody knows the special teams played a big factor in this game on the negative side of things for Green Bay and you know you had the one missed field goal you have a blocked field goal you have a muff punt that leads to three points for the other team so that's nine points in a game that you lose by six that you know that uh, that's obviously a huge factor here and what I'll what I'll wonder about and this is all the the ifs ands and buts of of this game when we look back at it right is if the Packers get that first field goal or the second one and they have three points or six points on the board how much better does Jordan Love feel about things as he yeah. moves forward how how aggressive are the Kansas City Chiefs on all those third downs 
if the score is seven to six or ten to six instead of ten to nothing and thirteen to nothing. You know, the Chiefs stayed in a position where they could they could really throw caution to the wind in a lot of respects. And you just wonder sometimes if the game had been a little bit closer, would Steve Spagnolo, who is as, as aggressive as there is as a defensive coordinator, would there just have been a couple of moments or two where maybe he doesn't take quite so many chances? I just wonder. I'm not saying no, I, that that's what he would have done, but I wonder. Hypothetically, I think you're probably on point, though, right? I mean, it did, not to compare this to a high school football game, but I saw this a lot when I was covering preps a long time ago. Oh, sure. I never covered college football, so I can't use that as an analogy, but... You know, if you find this situation where a quarterback has to throw and it's a young guy, and not that he's necessarily rattled, but you understand the quicker you're able to get to him, the, the, the chance of a big player going to be neutralized. That's kind of the way this felt, uh, the way that Spagnola yeah. called that second half and being able to really apply pressure in Green Bay, just not being able to get out of those third down situations. You can look at the fact that they were what? Was it end up being two of 12 on third downs? Yeah, oh, oh for the first nine before finally getting a conversion in the fourth quarter. It's also the fact they fell into those third down situations. And in my biggest thing, when I look back at this game, 20 carries for Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. You just want to potentially see that number be larger, especially with the way that A.J. Dillon is running the ball. Now, Matt LaFleur discussed that, the ratio between the run and the pass, not exactly what he was looking for. You do give them the benefit of the doubt that they were playing against some loaded boxes. They did have some runs that were called that ended up getting canned because of those loaded boxes. But they still were able to have success against it. That's the difference here. It wasn't like against seven- and eight-man boxes that Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon weren't able to move the ball. They actually did it pretty well. I agree. And I I think that's probably the thing that ends up being what will stick in the craw a little bit is there were opportunities there. And ultimately, getting back to the special teams, the Packers have to sort this out. Yeah. uh, Because, you know, they've made adjustments. You give them credit. You know, they felt like they could do better at long snapper. They make the decision. Hunter Bradley's had three and a half seasons. We're going to give Steven Wardle an opportunity. Wardle has been here for two months. They've seen him in practice. We haven't. They have. Yeah. They felt like this was the right time. But you have to get these field goal protection issues figured out. You have to be able to get those snaps down. You have to give Mason Crosby an opportunity to be Mason Crosby. They didn't do that. And credit to Marie Strayton, Matt LaFleur. They stuck with Amari Rodgers. I think you have to see the big picture there with Rodgers. You have to understand that we are in week nine, now week ten. They want this young man to be a part of this organization, a part of this team, a big-time big playmaker on both offense and special teams for years to come. You want to stick with him and ride this thing out. You still have Randall Cobb in the background if you want him, but you know it, it's ultimately going to come down to making improvements because the thing is, Mike, with special teams, there's going to be change. There's going to be guys that go in and out of the lineup. You have to be able to maintain that core, and you have to stay disciplined. Yeah, and we'll hear from Coach Drayton later in the week in terms of uh, in terms of exactly what he felt and in his discussions with with Crosby with the snapper the holder and and what went wrong obviously the protection is an issue is an issue anytime that a, a kick gets blocked so what exactly went wrong um, hopefully we'll find out some more some more information some more thoughts there later in the week but just obviously very frustrating when when one of your three phases plays probably its best game of the season in terms in terms of a, a start to finish yeah. four quarter performance and uh and the special teams doesn't help you and the offense just doesn't doesn't really ever get going until the fourth quarter unfortunately now in that fourth quarter 
Jordan Love put together a couple of really nice drives. The one ends with an interception on on third down. Actually, that was one of the rare third downs when the Chiefs didn't blitz. They yeah. actually dropped and played coverage. He still tried to go with the one-on-one opportunity over the top to Devontae Adams down the sideline, and that get that gets intercepted. Um, then the next drive, the uh, the Packers are able to uh, to get a touchdown on the fourth down pass to to Alan Lazard, a blitz beater there. Yep. The ball's out of Love's hand quickly. Lazard makes a man miss and gets into the end zone. You just you just wish, and you can't put any blame on the defense here, obviously. But if you could have stopped that third and ten yeah. right at the end, you know, right after <clears throat> the two minute warning. Now, the Chiefs would have punted the Packers back to the ten yard line. Jordan Love would have had no timeouts, less than two minutes, and 90 yards to go for a touchdown. I mean, that would have been a that would have been a monumental task. But with the rhythm that he was starting to find in the fourth quarter, you just you just would have liked to have seen him get that opportunity to see if maybe he could have pulled it off. But really, the one time all day that Patrick Mahomes looked like Patrick Mahomes was on that third and ten where he scrambles away from the pressure on the blitz. The Packers are covering like mad in the back yeah. end because that play lasted seven, eight, nine seconds, whatever it was. And Tyreek Hill's able to just get enough clearance from Chandon Sullivan. Um, and then Adrian Amos with the hit and, you know, Hill secures that ball well enough so that the ball doesn't come out on the hit and then the Chiefs are able to run out the clock. I like the way the Packers lost that game though. Does that, if that makes any sense to you, because it reminded me a lot of how they finished the Arizona game. You don't want to leave any, anything left in the chamber. Yeah. They went with the blitz credit to them. They were able to pick up the blitz and ultimately Patrick Mahomes, a former MVP quarterback made a play and you can maybe make a case of one of the few plays that was made during that game, being able to find his main target. It is what it is. I like the way that Green Bay, though, has maintained an aggressive approach. I think that's been a change you've seen over the last five, six games and the way that guys execute in those moments. And the fact is they lost Kenny Clark in the third quarter to the back injury. It sounds like hopefully that won't be a long-term issue. You lose Eric Stokes during pregame warm-ups to a knee injury. So suddenly it doesn't become a question of, well, do you keep Rasul Douglas out there or do you go with the returning Kevin King? They needed both of them on the field. They still needed Henry Black as the dime linebacker you know Chris Barnes has arguably the best game of his career alongside Devondre Campbell who had another eight plus tackle performance these guys not to say they ran out of gas because that's not the point I'm trying to illustrate but they had to rely on so many guys look at the defensive line at the end of the game all that was left was rookie TJ Slayton Tyler Lancaster, who I thought played a whale of a ball game. Who was in and out with an injury himself. Himself. Yeah. And Jack Heflin's playing his first NFL game, the undrafted free agent out of Iowa. So the Green Bay, they fought tooth and nail right to the very end. It didn't work out for them. But as Kevin King said after the game, they're going to be scary, man. If they can get Jair Alexander back here soon, if they can get Zadarius Smith back by the end of the season, this defense, with the way they're playing, if they can add in their best players now – they got something cooking. Yeah, they this this defense. We've been talking about it. You you wonder with the progress the unit has made all the way along since a very rough week one, which was which was a rough week one for the entire team, but it certainly was rough for the defense. The progress that's been made, it it feels like the progress hasn't plateaued no. yet. Like the arrow is still pointing yeah. up with these guys, and when you know that they're not at full strength, as you mentioned. The defensive line, you know, Clark ended up leaving the game. Kingsley Kiki was was out this game, having gotten a concussion the previous week. Um, there, there's 
there's still there's still more rising to do the way it looks right now. And I made a mistake a couple of days ago, Mike. I want to clear up now because I said, you know, Devondre Campbell, I haven't seen an inside linebacker playing the way he's playing right now. No, I did. It was Clay Matthews. It was Clay Matthews in the second half of that 14 season. That's true. They're different players. I'm not saying Campbell's Matthews, but what I'm saying though is that they have a guy who can play sideline to sideline. They can keep two linebackers on the field, and I think that's really made a huge difference with this defense. You don't see Adrian Amos having to play as much up at the line of scrimmage. Joe Barry really doesn't even play that much dime defense to begin with. He's comfortable leaving it with the five defensive backs and the two linebackers in a lot of passing situations. Yeah, That ability to be that flexible in the middle of the field, I think that's made a huge difference with this defense in addition to the defensive line being able to pick up some of the pressure concepts without having Zadarius Smith. That area, I think, is really interesting to watch if they can continue that that incline over the second half of the season because, Mike, they finished 14 really strong after a poor start. If you can continue and build onto this into the second half of the season, the Green Bay Packers are going to get the defense they've been looking for for the last 10 years. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you wholeheartedly. A shout-out to our sponsors here, Wes. Sirius XM NFL Radio delivers hard-hitting analysis and up-to-the-minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24-7. 365. And at Cousin Subs, we have something for everyone, like our Wisconsin cheese curds, mac and cheese, golden fries, and creamy shakes, all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. All right. Week 10 has arrived. The Seattle Seahawks are coming to Lambeau Field. Russell Wilson is back from his finger surgery. He has missed, is it three games? Yeah. He missed? Um, That video would have suggested three years, but yeah, three games. The... (laughs) That's a discussion for another day. <laughs> but Russell Wilson is back. The Seattle will come into Lambeau Field at 3-5, and five, quite frankly, fighting for their season. Yeah. They're now getting their quarterback back. And the Packers will kind of be wondering all week what exactly is going to happen at quarterback because Aaron Rodgers is – he will be first eligible to come off of the reserve COVID-19 list on Saturday, which would be a 10-day absence from when um, he had his positive test. And – um, if he is medically cleared, Matt LaFleur has said that Aaron Rodgers will start on Sunday despite not practicing at all last week or this week, um, that he will start if he is medically cleared, but Jordan Love will be taking all of the practice reps. It's really a matter of, of getting two quarterbacks prepared yeah. for this game. One of them is only going to be able to prepare mentally, uh, you know, in essence, but the Packers are going to prepare both quarterbacks and then, as you said at the beginning of the show, see where the chips fall on Saturday with uh, with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, as Matt LaFleur said, he's never really dealt with anything like this before. This I mean, who, who has, right? I mean, and being able to have one quarterback in the building and one quarterback not. And really, as he said, though, it is just about preparing both of those guys for the same opponent and what the Packers have to do offensively to attack that opponent. It's great that you know that, you know, Jordan Love is going to be in a position to, to contribute, to be able to to have that experience last week if called upon in a game that I think now the Packers really do need to win. Not that they didn't have to win on Sunday, but this is a team they should beat regardless, I think, of the quarterback, just based on how things have gone for Seattle this year. And absolutely. And when you're coming back home, coming back home. you're coming back home after being on the road for the last five games, you want to set the tone again yes. at home because because the back half of the schedule now, five of the Packers' last eight games are at Lambeau Field. This is where you want to start You want to start building and making that late-season charge. Without question. So it'll be really just the bigger thing of, okay, where is Aaron Rodgers? 
At what point can he, you know, potentially test negative this week? Can you get the negative tests apart the way you need to for him to be back in the building? And if he's is, and if he's able to be on there on Saturday, as Matt LaFleur said, he's not concerned at all about his ability to step in and play. And honestly, Mike, we've seen that with some of the injuries in the past too that he's played through. I don't think that's going to be the biggest issue. The question's really just going to be the uncertainty that is revolving around this virus, around how you are about to prepare a football team. I think from a preparation standpoint, though, if he is cleared, if he's back out there on the field on Sunday, I expect the same Aaron Rodgers as always. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think that's what everybody certainly will expect, and and Matt Lafleur expects that. Uh, otherwise, he wouldn't have already declared what he's declared in terms of uh, in terms of that starting quarterback situation for Sunday. Big picture here, Wes. As I noted earlier, the Packers have a three and a half game lead in the NFC North over the Vikings, a four-game lead over the Bears because both of those division rivals lost on late field goals, the Vikings in overtime, the Bears on Monday night, um, a uh, last-minute field goal by the Pittsburgh Steelers. And some other things, quite frankly, went pretty well for Green Bay You know, in terms of uh, on a week that you lose. The Dallas Cowboys, the Los Angeles Rams also took their second losses, and we had seen the previous week before the Buccaneers went on their bye week, the Buccaneers had taken their second loss. So there's only a single solitary one-loss team left, not only in the NFC but in the entire NFL, and that's the Arizona yeah. Cardinals. Tip your hat to them. They had lost their quarterback, their number one receiver. They lost their number one running back very early in the game against San Francisco but had no trouble with the 49ers. So the Cardinals are 8-1. and one. That's the team that's sitting in the catbird seat right now as we get into uh, the second half stretch of, uh, of the season. But it's still all right out in front of the Green Bay Packers at 7-2 and two and only one game off of the pace behind a team that you did beat head-to-head. Yeah, and the NFC, I mean, 1-7 and seven against the AFC this weekend, including that game against, you know, with Chicago and Pittsburgh. <laughs> Isn't that one, something? I'll, I, I'm sorry to yeah. interrupt you, but when we're talking a couple of weeks ago, we're talking about all these one loss teams yeah. in the NFC, right? And the AFC has everybody with two or three or more losses. Yeah. And then you have a week like this, where suddenly everybody in the AFC is beating everybody in the NFC. It's just the way this league goes. The, sometimes. the only thing that didn't go in green Bay's direction was San Francisco falling uh, against Arizona. Right. And to be honest right. with you, we've talked about Matt LaFleur deservingly. So Mike McCarthy, Sean Payton, the job he's done in New Orleans, we probably do need to start giving some respect to Cliff Kingsbury because Absolutely. to run the ball 39 times, everybody says they don't run the football. Colt McCoy, I, I really thought that was what the table setter was for him having the game that he did. And they lost Chase Edmonds, I believe it was in the first quarter yeah. of that game, was yep. it not? I mean, so. Yeah, so I mean, they had to make some some heavy adjustments and prevailed. I think that's a sign of a winning football team, a team that is not going away down the stretch here. Absolutely. But Green Bay, man, that you look at the division right now, Regardless, and you and I could sit here for another 10 minutes. Unfortunately, I have to go get my glasses, but <laughs> my new glasses, I got to go pick them up. Yeah, I got to let but, Wes go here. But, you know, for Ch- Chicago lost. I mean, it's a terrible situation and how they lost that game, but they lost. It's the facts. And they needed 21 points in the fourth quarter to get back in it. But the Green Bay Packers are 7-2. and two. The rest of the division combined has six wins. Six wins right now? Yeah, I, I, mean, think that's, I think that's right. That's what matters. The Packers need to keep picking up Ws. Nine wins might win the division. And if they're able to do that, then you start talking about postseason. It was a tough weekend. It was a weekend of adversity. It was one of the longest weeks you and I have had covering the football team. Yep. But you can't let that linger into Week 10, Mike, because realistically, 
it didn't hurt the Packers that much. No, it really didn't. It really didn't. And we will move forward into week 10, talk more about the Seattle Seahawks on our next show. And you'll have your new glasses. I'll have my new glasses. For our next show. So with that, we're calling it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team. We'll have everything for you all week long on Packers.com. For Wes, I'm Mike. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time.